episode 16 with a very, very dear friend of mine, Leg Day. We kind of go a, a little bit farther back, uh, kind of met during the old Open Division days with uh, the young Ham Tornado, who's now casting in NA, and you guys were, were a bit of a duo. Um, you know, how, how, are, how are things? How's, uh, how's Contenders Europe and Korea? Congratulations on, uh, you know, grabbing those two gigs up. How's, how are, how are yeah. things? Those are uh, those are very busy, and also they take place <laughs> at like diametrically opposite time zones. So when I'm here, I'm starting 9 p.m. for Contenders Europe broadcast, which is uh, nice. Going till 1 a.m. So my sleep pattern has like shifts of I'm not tired at 1 a.m. Mm. And then Korean Contenders starts at like 11 or 12 here. So then I've got to take like two days to just shift my sleep pattern back mm-hmm. to where I can do Korea. And then I'll go back to Europe time zone. So I'm all over the place, and that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, a busy, busy I'm managing boy, huh? to spend uh, a lot of time just going to the gym and stuff because I don't really do that much while I'm here. The internet connection is a little bit eh for ah, competitive gaming. I don't okay. want to go into conks. I'm going to DC and just keep losing 50 SR, and I don't have yeah. the SR to lose right now. I'm on, I'm I'm on I'm in by a thread. <laughs> Not trying to get banned, you know. Blizzard doesn't uh, pull any punches at that, so you oh, disconnect man, once too many been times. That's so much. I'm a bad boy. <laughs> I just I just DC for like two seconds. Yeah. At like the start of the game, it's like mm-hmm. no, no, nope. <laughs> we caught you. No SR for you. Oh, you're good. You're good. Now, you, you mentioned kind of Kiev, and I, I believe that's where you guys are kind of stationed for both of the broadcasts. Um, I, I've heard from talking to each of the uh, individual casters in EU, uh, the the atmosphere in Kiev is very interesting. So I wanted to kind of get uh, some of your fondest memories of Kiev, or, or maybe an interesting story of your time in the Ukraine. Hmm. Interesting. Someone tried, someone tried to punch blank. I yeah, I do remember blank. hearing. Was it blank <laughs> that I heard that from? I think so. He like, like looked at him and like blank is a large individual. Yes. So when people see blank, they're like, "That's someone I've got to prove myself." <laughs> <against>. <laughs> so so people just go for him. Hmm. It's, <laughs> I don't know. Does he look punchable? I think blank looks very friendly. Has a punchable like face. A Interesting. Interesting. I I think so. I think he looks you know pretty emotive is some some interesting facial expressions um i think there was a, a game yesterday was it oh the, the big c9 yeah the just his look on his face just like the cheeky Giga Gansy going like you're gonna touch right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i'm gonna touch you're not gonna touch <laughs> okay nice <laughs> that's uh, that's all good yeah, we had like two uh surprised pikachus in the casting yeah <laughs> What's up with the bag salad? I saw that being I saw that posted on Twitter oh, recently as the, well. The bag salad right now. Uh, Blank's girlfriend is here staying with us because oh, obviously okay. we're here for two months at a time, so mm. it's pretty hard. I went home for a week, and Blank's girlfriend Riley's here for just over a week, and she's uh, she's helping us out in the whole healthy living sense. She's a nice. lot more accomplished a chef than uh, Blank or I are, so she's she's remedied the bag salad into an actual salad. Uh-huh. Quite, and uh, oh man. I'm going to let you in on a oh, I got little some... bit of personal information. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not always the happiest to be in Kiev because sure. I get really bad travel anxiety. Mm. So being here for two months was not good for me, especially like leaving my girlfriend at home and stuff. Super tough. And uh, like 
when it came to everything mounting up on me once I was here, like sure. it was super stressful. And the straw that broke the camel's back and like made me break down crying on a call to my girlfriend is that our apartment's got this scuffed ass hob. You guys might have seen my tweet of oh, me yeah, 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 spaghetti because yeah. mm-hmm. it doesn't have an ignition. But that just broke me, dude, because I didn't know that the hob was scuffed. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to get up. Everything's going to be good. I'm going to make my healthy eggs, my healthy breakfast of some scrambled eggs. Mm-hmm. I break the eggs into a bowl. I whip them up. I'm like, yes, this is going to be fantastic. I'm going to start healthy living here in Kiev, put them in the pan, turn on the ignition, Nothing. or turn on the gas. It's just gas. I'm like, are you? Uh, what? Maybe the ignitions, and, but like, let me let me try another burner. You know, let me see, let yeah. me see if there's another one. Uh, I just like trying it on. It's like this, do- this doesn't have a. Oh, this is like seventies as fuck, dude. And that just bro- that just broke my back because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna have a healthy lifestyle here. Yep. And just one more thing that fucked up just yep. broke me. <laughs> it's it's always it's those little out. things, you know. It's always yeah. those little things. You, you you hold the the big things, and you can you can maintain those. You know, it might it might be a, a tough blow when it hits. Yeah. But we can hold those, right? We we can we can hold all those those L's, right? You know. Okay, travel's rough. We don't like doing it. We can we can manage though. Yeah. But it's those tiny little annoyances day after day after day. That's that's the killer. That's, you know. They, they just take the toll. They really do. They really do. I definitely, uh, you know, can can align with you there. But you mentioned home, right? And, and home is where everything starts. And what well, isn't as, talked as about. As many people are uh, <laughs> keenly aware of my bedroom view. <laughs> I've heard many a stories from your lovely girlfriend Gio of having her nag you to death to to make your bed like please make your bed ham nagged me to make my bed <laughs> <laughs> so yes the, like the, what we were doing next is just like, like that yeah make your bed before we go on <laughs> so it's it's always been you know a, a very homely bedroom cast you know grassroots and and you, you know you and ham in particular and a lot of the bgd crew a lot of that that grassroots effort but how did you even get into esports you know this this is something that gaming has been more acceptable over the years and it's been something that you know we've all used in different assets entertainment you know escapism whatever it might be how did you find yourself getting into the competitive side of things was there a game that you kind of latched on to you know where where were your Uh, beginnings when it came to competitive play, it mm-hmm. probably came from me playing the MMO Star Wars The Old Republic. Okay. I got like some hot hyper into that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I played so much of it. And I got super competitive into that because I was fucking good at that game. As <laughs> pathetic as it sounds, I was so fucking good at Star Wars The Old Republic. And uh, yeah, I, I played so much competitive PvP. But obviously, there was like, who wants to watch this? Yeah, it's not yeah. like a spectator client. It's not even a popular game. So it's not like an actual competitive scene. Mm. It's just me fucking pub stomping. And that's how far the competitive scene for that went. And uh, obviously, Overwatch managed to draw me in as an MMO player because, like, for the last time I played FPS was like Call of Duty mm. on the Xbox with mm. all my mates. And I was like, oh, but I understand tanking. This is like, my brain is hardwired for this. I've been doing this for years and I'm fucking good at it. Mm. So I get on Reinhardt, I'm like, I intrinsically understand what I've got to do here. And I think at the start of Overwatch, that really gave me an advantage over a lot of people who just like came in from other FPSs. Mm. 
because they like didn't understand roles as well as me right like if i started playing overwatch now i probably never would have got to top 500 i'd probably just be in diamond because like the base level of the overwatch player the understanding they have of the sort of like ways that even just classes work and how compositions work is mm -hmm. so much more advanced now than when we all started playing in that open beta Definitely. and luckily didn't get into the closed beta obviously blizzard not happy with someone who was a hardcore streamer of a rival mmo <laughs> <laughs> no, I I hear you on that. There's there's always somebody, you know, in that in your core friend group that that always seems to get the beta keys. And oh, yeah, I was luckily, you know, I was always the odd guy out, the black sheep, you know, I didn't get Hearthstone, didn't get StarCraft 2. I had to beg a friend of mine to give me StarCraft 2, their their beta, and I was the the one that actually got the Overwatch closed beta. So I was like, "Oh, yes, finally, something." Um yeah. And if I remember correctly, and and please correct me if I'm wrong, were you when I met you in Open Division, I think like season one of like 2017, right? Mm -hmm. I think I think I'm remembering that correctly. Um, were you not on a team? I I was competing. Yes. I was okay. I was currently set. I finished seven and three, which used to be an achievement, by the way. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's so bad. Yeah. yeah, but that was when like eight and two would guarantee you playoffs. Mm -hmm. and some seven and three teams would get there. I was on a team called Wu Tank Clan. Beautiful, beautiful. I was the team captain and, of course, the main tank. Mm -hmm. But um, at that point, I, I feel slightly bad because I hadn't told my team, but I'd been contacted to cast contenders. Ah. So uh, if uh, if they got to playoffs, I would have had to have told them, <laughs> oh, I can't play. It's technically a conflict of interest. <laughs> gotta go. Adios. <laughs> I, I just gotta yeet my way out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So. I you brought that up. I'm like, oh, I, I remember him, you know, talking about scrimming and, and this and the other thing. And I I thought you were a pretty higher rated player. So, yeah, I, I you know, do you kind of keep in contact with the old uh, Wu Tank boys? There we. Yeah, man. I, I've casted a fair couple of oh, okay. uh, games from my new guys, and you might have heard of Dopamine from yes, yes. UTF3. They became a very well known team. Mesic, their main tank, used mm -hmm. to be my off tank. We used to play Quick uh, Play together a lot as well. Okay. That that. That was where a lot of my actual Overwatch broadcasting came from. Because I used to be a Star Wars Zero Republic streamer. Like, mm. I was actually pretty famous there because I used to talk mad trash. People would just come to my stream so they could hear what shit I was saying about them. Because the entire draw of my stream was like that I could play the game so absentmindedly. I just spent all my time yeah, coming yeah, yeah. up with insults for people mm -hmm. <laughs> when they were just being fucking chimps. And uh, that, that, that's where I, I just ended up throwing myself into streaming. Mm. because like that was my way of socializing at the time because sure. i didn't like going outside I, I took a really bad turn in terms of mental health just after i started uh streaming styles of republic mm. my parents broke up because my uh. mum came out as a uh, gay which oh, okay. was pretty late but nice it's uh it's really nice that she's actually living her own life now as she was born so sure. we're just bought of her and that but like it took a real toll on my mental health for a while i didn't want to go anywhere didn't want to mm. go outside didn't really want to see anyone so like online socialization became the sort of a saving grace for me and i found like for a while like a new family in my stream and my viewers so yeah. i really threw myself into broadcasting and really sort of like trained myself to communicate with an audience mm -hmm. in a sort of like compelling and emotive way and I think that really was what drew me towards going to casting in Overwatch, especially because, like, my first actual esport I ever saw 
was Overwatch. Mm. It was just like the Ghost of Weeklies. The second that I like started playing the game, like I just hardcore researched on how to play. Mm-hmm. And when when you research how to play Overwatch, it's like, ah, oh, top 10 players, look at Shawfor from yeah. Cloud9. And uh, yeah, I just went to see the Ghost of Weeklies and stuff and like the monthly melees. And I just religiously watched those. <laughs> I, I probably watched like 60 to 70 hours of YouTube mm. videos go sue weekly <laughs> so you got in early so like we're we're kind of really starting to get into the flood of like new overwatch league fans and that's totally cool you know again i'm i'm not a hipster here you know I, I i want more people to like what i like because it's more fun and i get to talk to more people and, and share that passion that's really cool for me um, i'm but hyper it, glad they've come in with newer spectator features as well yes <laughs> back in the day it was, it's that, that rough. Was when you can't sell Overwatch esports to anyone because no. they just tune in and they're like, what what's happening? Going on? We don't even have a kill feed at this point. We don't have a kill feeds. I don't even know what's happening. I, I think somebody just got the kill. I don't know who, <laughs> but somebody killed somebody. I know that much because the portrait's grayed out. Yeah. These these square boxes, these big old rectangle boxes. But they have them at the bottom as well. That was so oh, bad. Oh, that's that's that that's terrible. an old shot. That's like 2016. They had Sorry, actually... Jeff. It, it wasn't great. I'm so glad you guys iterated on that. I, I will say the bottom was interesting because it's not normally where you look, and it was kind of clean. If they could have made it work, it would have been like, oh, okay, this is different. It's, again, a little, little counterintuitive to look at the bottom of your screen instead of, like, the top. Usually, mm. maybe a mini-map usually placed at the bottom or... But most of the time, like most of the information is placed at the top of your screen. When things are at the bottom, it was also confusing because that's often where you'd look for, like, ultimates as well. Sure. And, like, health bar and ammo. Mm-hmm. So you're, like, scanning across the bottom of the screen, or is it at the moment, like, because you can scan, like, both top parts of a screen and you'd, like, look towards the ultimate as well, you you naturally cross your gaze over the actual gameplay so you're staying informed, even mm-hmm. if it's just in, like, microseconds that you glimpse. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, it's it's uh you're 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 a bit of an oldie when it comes to Overwatch, the Overwatch community. You got in early, huh? Any any yeah, favorite uh, teams from the old Gosu gamers? Any any good shouts? Any uh Vivi's Adventure was a little bit newer. I think they were like okay. twenty seventeen, but I really did like sure. Vivi's Adventure. Obviously the two big ones are Envious and Cloud Nine and being an EU boy, I'm obviously envious because <laughs> fucking Yanks trying to take them off to <laughs> Charlotte or wherever it was. Yeah. Somewhere where do they go? North, North Carolina, Carolina. yeah. House? We're like, yep. nah, they're still EU. You you can take them physically, but they're still EU. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I was a big fan of Debet back in the day as well. He was a sure. big influence on my Ryan play. Like he, uh, he was really like a pioneer in shield management for Reinhardt's and like not just being the dumbass who holds a rectangle mm. when you're not swinging. Like you can actually just stand as a Reinhardt mm-hmm. and like constantly be able to outshield the enemy Ryan, who's just like, oh, I guess I have to play main tank. I want to play Genji, but here we are. <laughs> just hold right click. Would you? And again, I I don't find hmm, do I find myself asking this question a lot? I think it's more applicable to you because you are high rated and you've played within you know a competitive team at a you know pretty high level I'd say, you know mm-hmm. narrowly missing trials or at least you know open division playoffs is pretty yeah. pretty respectable I'd say. Um, well, that said, that first trials season was absolutely stacked. We had Cruz in there, we had Angry yeah. Titans, we had Windstrike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People don't people don't remember like open division, especially at the beginning of like the contenders, like 
genesis like just the idea of contenders kind of being implemented and trying to seed out these teams that weren't already yeah, like just invited contenders, contenders mark two because mm-hmm. we had like we had uh, season zero and then like yeah and season zero point two yeah <laughs> then we had mess. genji emblem genji oh yes, contenders, yes. the which yeah, is version weird. two 2.0 yeah in that My same contenders. sense would you ever is there a competitive itch that you might scratch with like coaching or is there like a drive to maybe even play again? Is, is there ever, is that ever a question? Uh, I'd love to coach and I'd love to play. Both of those are very interesting to me. Uh, coaching I feel has a very unique leadership aspect to it, which I think being a team captain somewhat qualified me for, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it would be, in my best interest as a caster to do so because it sure. obviously is a conflict of interest when like hey so uh i've got insight into these teams in a pretty <laughs> in a pretty deep way yeah now i'm just gonna go and spread that to the world that's the master plan though you know you get in as a caster you're the nice guy and then you turn heel and you got all these pages <laughs> of notes on these guys you know oh if you tilt them real hard the whole team falls apart you know yeah well obviously it can be a real qualifying factor for some casters like vowels from square one is obviously a pretty good color caster and uh jake as a player even though he's not a coach also came in and was highly respected in his opinion same Mm -hmm. with avast because they've had the experience of being there whereas for a lot of casters were sort of like from the outside looking in definitely definitely now in that same you know in the multiverse there is a leg day that maybe does pursue coaching so why is it in this universe you decided to go with casting? Why could you could you dive into that a little bit more? I think luck and timing. Mm, okay. <laughs> Cuz uh I really enjoy casting obviously like I'd say I'm kind of a born showman. I will I would agree. I would do many things to entertain an audience, as many of sure. you have seen recently with my crossplay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I, I really like the casting lifestyle, and also I probably wouldn't be good enough to get make it as far as I have casting as a coach. And also, just timing was so good. Like we picked up and did Nexus Cup, mm-hmm. and at the time, I had no idea that they'd be looking for any sort of staff on Blizzard side for casting. I was just like, "Hey, this looks fun. I'll do that." And they're like, "Hey." On the cast contenders, I'm like, okay. A <laughs> little bit of a, you know, a kind of whiplash almost, right? Because yeah. I, while, while I think you were probably amongst the top of your class, it was just a quick turnout. It was like, here we go. We're going to do this. And again, you and Ham just hit the ground running. It didn't matter. You know, we tried to get permission. They didn't respond again. Who's going to respond to some random westerners yeah, like, like who let's do it anyways he's, he's got he's got 100 followers on Twitter. yeah yeah who is this so it must not you know bother them that much that you restreamed it and cast it over it and again doesn't matter all that much but i can see where you know maybe some organizations would be a little bit uh you know a little bit uh bothered maybe yeah, just like it's but just it didn't like matter to you guys pirating our content <laughs> like, transformative I, come on fair I, use I fair like use slight proof of concept which i'll always be thankful for from mm. dogman because obviously dogman did a previous yes. uh, nexus cup as a like a not so much of a serious cast but more of like just kind of like a watch along yeah so and he got recruited for tespa mm-hmm. after that so i was like hmm 
Maybe there's something here. He didn't get banned. <laughs> I'm going to take a calculated risk. So <laughs> there you go. In some ways, you could blame Dogman for me. Mm. <laughs> because of that particular little uh, fortuitous bit of evidence that I had. Because actually, it was kind of Dogman again that ended up with me doing Nexus Cup because I didn't even know the thing was going on until I saw someone make a Reddit ah. post like, is there going to be a Dogman cast of Nexus Cup just like last time? I was like, what's this? No, there's not. But maybe I will. <laughs> but maybe there'll be a leg day cast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the things that I loved about you and, and, and your guys' like work ethic. I don't know why, I'm just mid-stroke just try to with get that one with with, oh, with speaking of ths though i've got to derail you here sure go ahead and i've got to call out someone i don't know who at blizzard who knows that this teeth gap means i'm very bad at pronouncing ths and they made me cast all the netherlands games at the world <laughs> cup in paris thanks for that one yeah that was a little <laughs> bit of an oversight <laughs> you can't do ths give him all the netherlands games Jaws, we are playing which team again? Yes, we are. We are playing the Netherlands. Absolutely. Team <laughs> NL. Where... Oh, work ethic. <laughs> worth work ethic, yes. Um, where did that kind of come from? Were you, like, into sports as a kid? Was this something that, you know, you kind of transitioned over from school? Was this also, you know, maybe you could touch it or tie this into, like, the leadership aspect of, you know, playing with your, you know, the Wu-Tang Clan? You know, is this something that's been kind of a, a pattern throughout your life? I think my work ethic is a double-edged sword in that it is... Usually a, is, sometimes. Can it's be. An extent, it's an extension of my very addictive personality mm -hmm. i i am very weak to addiction so i i've never touched a cigarette in my life and i drink very rarely because i know that those things could easily destroy me mm. like i suffered from terrible mmo addiction when i was playing Star Wars the Old republic like over the time i played in that game i logged like a year and a half of in-game time wow because just like i i get addicted so hard to things and the same thing happened with overwatch when it came out but uh, that, that sort of extends to my work ethic. Like, I'd say that I'm kind of addicted to going to the gym. And when I started casting, I became addicted to casting as well. Like, I'd just be desperately seeking out, what can I cast? Are you putting on a tournament? Uh, are you washing your clothes? I'll cast that. I'll cast some laundry, anything. Just mm -hmm. let me do a cast. And that that's sort of, like, made me more desperate to find things to do, which is what happened to make me do Nexus Cup as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, so it's sort of a double-edged sword just having that sort of addictive personality that means that if I'm working and I'm enjoying it, then I'm never going to stop working. Mm -hmm. Do you find that you you kind of bury yourself in your work sometimes? Like if, if Oh, yeah. Like, just... no one will see me for days. Uh, I'm the same way with other games, like strategy games. I'm sure. so bad. Europa Universalis is probably one of my worst oh, okay. ones. Like, I'll open a game of that, and, like, I'll play it for, like, 20 hours straight. I'm like, ah, oh, I should probably eat something soon. Like, just, uh, just 100 more years worth of play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I can be one very more light year, One more One more. Yeah, because, uh, like, someone will DM me, and I'll, like, see out the corner of my eye. I'll read it, mm -hmm. and then, like, okay, I'll reply to this when I'm done, but I'll never be done. Yeah. <laughs> 
exactly how or you know we got ham side of the story of how you guys kind of met but that was like the first big grassroots like open division duo that i kind of like prescribed it was like ham and leg day that was like premier open division casting walk me through yeah. your side of the story when it came to nexus cup and, and transitioning to broadcast gg you know walk me through you know meeting ham and, and how that actually happened uh right so i can't actually remember the name of the tournament <laughs> where i met ham okay because like like i said i was just looking for anything to cast mm. like i would cast anything i would cast your scrims i w i actually went into quick play and i casted by typing i was doing casting for the hearing impaired in quick play just spectating my buddies that's how addicted i was trying to craft like the linguistic method mm. by which i would be casting <laughs> so uh i think it was probably some like scrub cup thing okay maybe it was something but uh ham actually only came in for a single map we did uh, a king's road together okay she uh she came into phil for someone who hadn't turned up i would call them out but i can't remember who it was but whoever they were <laughs> they made me very upset get called out whoever you were you know who you were <laughs> but yeah my co-cast didn't turn up so ham just stepped in mm. I think they were friends with Ark of Covenant, who was doing production. Okay. Yeah. And the second Ham and I cast that out together, I was like, I like the way she casts. Mm. And I think we work well together. So I like messaged her afterwards. I was like, hey, do you want to cast some more stuff? Like, yeah, sure. Let's get together and do something. And uh, we didn't because we couldn't really find a thing to cast. And then when I saw that thing about Nexus Cup, I just knew that, hey, if I do this, I know she's got the work ethic to stick to it with me, and I love the way we cast together. So I'm just like, so Ham, uh, do you want to do something really stupid? And Possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Calculated and, uh, risks, so, you know. Yeah, she, she, she took it in her stride, and obviously we just went cast after cast in the most scuffed setup you've ever seen it was like my desktop wallpaper with two cutouts for webcam hey whatever works whatever works it's, it's about getting out on my computer really yeah I, oh man i fanboyed so hard because obviously we were all watching apex at that time sure sure and runaway were playing mm. in the uh, the cup yeah and flower vin hosted my channel when they were playing wow like, that's dope <laughs> the flower vin I was the like manager of the team that I've been, you know, freaking yeah, out about. Would insane. you say that you're a big uh, Runaway fan? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Before we recorded, I just had to go take off my Runaway jacket because I oh, get too hot with the uh, with a ring light oh, on yeah. me. That's but yeah. Gio was nice enough to get me a custom made Runaway oh, jacket with my name on the back. Cute. So. You too. And obviously, that, that, that's super nice when uh, I'm casting Overwatch contenders' uh, career as well. Mm -hmm. Get to watch those guys go through it i'm a huge element mystic fan as well mm. and genji are quickly capturing my imagination obviously i'm fans of all of them because i'm yes. a customer i just want to see them do don't well pick favorites yeah don't Bias pick favorites caster. don't don't own much of <laughs> no stocks here guys no 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 conflict um, of interest here no i'm no, no. going to broadcast gg mm-hmm Obviously, Mushu invited back when Broadcast GG was like less open mm -hmm. before we really had the idea, I guess, of what Broadcast GG was going to be. Mm -hmm. I think Broadcast GG in its genesis was like an offshoot of the Overwatch University League, which I also played in. Okay. 
and I also casted. Oh, speaking of which, that was a, that was a grind, delicious time. I'd compete in the EU side, mm -hmm. then I'd uh, then I'd stay up another two hours. I'd go over and I'd cast the NA side, and uh, that was my first ever casting partner, Kara, who was also on dopamine. I so. remember the name. <laughs> remember the name. Uh, that was fun, but uh, basically a couple of casters from that once Overwatch University League got shut down because mm -hmm. can't use the league name anymore. Uh, <laughs> once I got shut down, everyone sort of like migrated over to that and started up Scrum Nights instead so they could keep on casting. Mm. And uh, Ham and I got invited at some point after we'd been noticed as being like, hey, these guys are pretty good up and coming casters. Not that I'm tooting my own horn or anything. I just guess we were about average. <laughs> and um, we were super desperate to make Open Division work. Sure. But at that time, like, people didn't want to be too adventurous because mm -hmm. I don't want to take credit for it, mm -hmm. but there were no provisions in the rules <laughs> to allow casting before mm. <laughs> Evie and I uh, tried to make it work. And the first Western open division broadcast that I'm pretty sure ever happened, unless maybe there was like one in French or something, mm -hmm. was Evie and I doing the European Overwatch uh, open division grand finals between angry titans and orcs and hungry and we were begging morte <laughs> and uh we were begging morte and radio boys like come on let us in the lobby let us cast us and we're like ah, i don't know it's not in the rules and people can stream snipe we're like come on morte and credit to him morte was the biggest supporter of getting it casted morte knew that like if you want to sell players to overwatch league which was like just beginning mm -hmm. that players need a profile players need to be uh engaging with an audience through their ob obviously through their play and to do that you need an actual broadcast so uh Morte was very much about uh letting us come in and cast angry times were a little bit more resistant mm -hmm. but uh they eventually broke and when they did break mushu was asleep <laughs> and ah. Mushu's the only one of us who could produce. So we were frantically pinging Mushu for like two hours straight. Just like, Mushu, please wake, wake up. up. They said yes. <laughs> we can do it. And he, he eventually gone on. I think we joined in like two maps in. And uh, yeah, then the, the rest is for the first Western broadcast of Open Division, which has now become a story tradition. Like, mm. I go in and watch Open Division all the time, so I, I feel like a, a proud dad there you in go. some cases. I'm, I, I casted this, I played in this. This is where I came from. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's quite special to me. Is it um, is it nice to know that, you know, the, the Tier 2 and the Tier 3 scene are getting a little bit more love? You know, granted, this is more of a trickle-down for Tier 3, but with, you know, the showdowns and the gauntlet at the end of the year, you know, is that, is that you know, uh, you know warm your heart a little bit as a, a former tier three lad as, as a tier two caster is that is that kind of wholesome for you yeah for sure like the showdowns and we're going are great especially mm -hmm. because it sort of captures like the spirit of world cup in some senses yeah because obviously you're gonna root for your region right and i think it gives a chance for a lot of people to become invested in teams they may mm -hmm. not see if they didn't have some sort of like geolocated stake in them like, we know that World Cup has been a huge draw to a lot of fans who've never watched Overwatch before. It's like, oh, hey, Sweden's playing. I'm from Sweden. Maybe I'll, I'll watch. watch them. Yeah. Whereas, like, hey, Europe's playing against North America. 
fuck North America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go watch Europe kick your ass. There you go. <laughs> that kind of brings me to a topic that, you know, not a lot of people are really getting into. And we'll get to Jaws because I want to transition into, you know, we talk about Eevee and we talk about, you know, how you guys, you know, met up. But I want to talk about Jaws. That's, a, again, two different people, two different relationships, but we'll get there. I want to talk about uh, showdown at the moment because I want to hype this up. I want to get people excited for this. Oh yeah. Where, I'll, I'll, where do you see this going? Who, who do you think uh, from Europe has the nod at the moment? Who do you think from NA? If you've, if you're familiar, if you've kind of uh, been following, how do you think well, this is going to pan out? Angry Titans looking super good. British Hurricane looking super good. They're both six and oh, and next week I'm going to have the pleasure of casting them go up against each other. So that's going to be interesting. Whoever comes out on top of that is going to be probably the best pick mm. to win Atlantic Showdown from us. But then again, like everything can change because true. the teams the teams we know are not the teams we will know around the time for Showdown because playoffs is going to change patch yes. and then potentially we will see um, uh, the showdowns change patch. Though I would personally prefer for the showdowns to be on the same patch as the what contenders playoffs yes so the, the sort of like indicative of the strength of the regions at the, of like the end of season one yes rather than like a season 1.5 kind of break mm-hmm. but uh yeah i think that we're gonna see quite a bit come out of maybe gladiators and the obviously fusion university is always a big always one always a good nod yeah Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I want to know more about Bernard's hero pool. Obviously, he's a fantastic diva. Mm. What else does he have? I haven't been watching it too closely because obviously I've got to keep up with two regions in the yeah, League already. And like North America has a lot of teams, twice mm. as many as us. Still, it's going to be twice as easy to beat them. Speaking of the other foot in the opposite end of the pond, you know, you've got one foot in Europe and one foot in Korea. I, I want to get your take. Or your first reaction to a take I made last night. So in in a, in a Discord, which I will not name, but it is public. So again, it, it's not anything secretive. You can you can dig it up. <laughs> it, it exists. Um, a group of people and I were watching the Overwatch League games, and we were talking about you know the the gauntlet and and the you know Atlantic Showdown. And I said that I thought that the British Hurricane could possibly be at the moment on this patch one of the best teams in the world and could possibly just win the gauntlet outright now you are familiar with the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of pacific in one of the most competitive regions so if you take british hurricane you put them in contenders korea how do you think they do hmm it's a real toughie the real question is do they beat runaway yes i think think that's the hardest one I think they could go very close with Genji, but Genji at the moment they look like fucking monsters. Do they? Like Stalker, their uh, their Zaya slash Hitscan player, some mm. of the best tracking I've seen since Defran, since AKM. Okay. Like he has got some monster level tracking, and his Zaya's got the game sense to match at the moment. Mm. And I I don't know what happened. Someone gave Wikidi's Wheaties or something. <laughs> But Wikid's also fucking popping off. Is it? Like Genji's got such a star-studded roster at the moment. Like, I think British Hurricane would lose to Runaway, mm. possibly. Okay. But I think they might be able to win three-two over Genji because they've got a bit more seniority. Sure, sure. They got they got a little bit more of that sort of like leadership and tank familiarity. It feels like Genji now and then feel the need to flex, mm. go over onto those DPS picks. 
which you know to be fair british hurricane can play very well so oh yeah, it'd be, they can. It would be a it'd be a absolute sh- like slobber knocker of a game, and that's. that's... I said slobber knocker in a class <laughs> yesterday, and George was like, "What? That's a word." And I was like, "Yes, it's a word." <laughs> it, it's it's a very strange word. I I don't know the history or where I even picked it up. I think it probably was either on I think like it comes from boxing. I would imagine so. That that was where I was going with it. Some sort of like boxing highlight or. Maybe the yeah, like you know, when wrestling you as like a kid, a bit or drool, yeah, just being punched out of their mouth, like knocking the slot. Mm-hmm. Seems like a reasonable etymological theory. <laughs> like with British Hurricane, I, I wonder. You know, we we've seen them on goats, we've seen them on not goats, and they, they look you know pretty solid on either one of those. You know, going all the way back to to last season and their match against Giganti. With Runaway, I, I question, what do they look like off? of goats have they shown that look just yet again i've i've been trying to keep up with china i'm watching a little bit i'm watching you guys in eu a little bit korea i'm you know it there's so yeah, much right. overwatch. You, you just go like picking them out yeah mag has a mad winston yes he does mag's winston is what made me be uh-huh they've also recently picked up decal really good far okay could be uh thinking about a new meta mm. so Obviously, we've got Hisu and Shui as well, both of which pretty versatile. But the thing is, we I'm not that sure okay. about how their DPS play goes. Mm. But I think they have a leadership from Mag to make it uh, very effective. Like Mag and QOQ with a Winston Diva dive, super easy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got Li Zhigong, Gang Nanjin. Like, you aren't going to find a more cohesive backline, really, mm. in Korea. And. Uh, they just look so strong. Maybe Jofi and Bok may be able to stand up to them, but okay. I feel like they're, they're just way too drilled. And mm. occasionally from British Arcane, you see like what one of the one of the drawbacks of seniority mm-hmm. is that you can often think you're right. Sure. And I think that often can manifest itself in more hero plays. I feel like there's less of that on Runaway. Mm. Like, there used to be a lot more of it when we had Bumper, obviously, who still likes sure. to go for hero plays. But I think this new iteration is far more drilled mm. because they're entering into an esteemed dynasty now. Yeah. Like, you go into Runaway, you forget your ego because you're never going to be bigger than fucking Runner. You're never going to get that far in Apex. You're never going to be Vancouver Titans unless you throw away that ego and you just embrace runaway rather than embracing who you are as a player i feel mm-hmm. no i totally agree with you there and it, that that is a, a a good uh in almost intangible to kind of to definitely reference um and it, it echoes throughout multiple different teams now where yeah i would agree like old runaway with hoxall you know bumper again you see, you see some hero plays. Hoxall, that's one of the things that i'll always harp on him for is mechanically you know legendary player you know play genji when genji wasn't being played you know would pull pocket picks just to counter him mm-hmm. can be that that hero has that hero mentality at times so far in vancouver we haven't seen it as much or at least we haven't seen it punished in the goats meta yeah. with this and Di- Di- dynasty's mm-hmm. super interesting as well because another one that i think is really cool to look at is milky man or giganti mm, okay who i i knew quite well 
because we'd, we'd probably quick play together before we'd met each other in comp and i think we'd scrimmed a couple of times as sure. well back in day and like a lot of people didn't know him he had a reasonably disappointing run on mayhem academy when he was picked up by them and went across a couple of tier three teams here and there not really any good at all sorry milky mm. <laughs> you, you go to Gigante and you mm. take the role of main tank and you're stepping into the shoes of Fraggy, the Reinhardt. You step into the shoes of LH Cloudy, who was also just so great. He was such a storied main tank in Euro in Europe. And then you come in there as Milky Man, you're like, I'm no longer Milky Man. I am the Gigante main tank. It's like an anime where like yeah. the power of your ancestors flows through you. <laughs> Do you think he's gotten a massive buff from being within that kind of uh, legacy squad? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that he's also proven himself to be uh, immune to one of the follies that can happen mm. when players step into those shoes, which is that you find yourself doing very well in more casual gameplay. Mm -hmm. But the second that the pressure mounts, you're like, oh, shit, I'm playing for Giganti in the playoffs and you fall apart mm. but milky man milky man when he got the playoffs he leveled the fuck up dude he went to 11 <laughs> he became milky chad mm. <laughs> not only milky man milky chad yeah. chad gamers out there all right i like it i like it now doubling back for a second talking about jaws um like i mentioned you know we talk about how you and evie became a duo and now you've kind of stepped away from that and she's moved with boop and you moved on with jaws in korea and in eu um what was that like kind of to walk through some some first uh not first impressions if you're not necessarily comfortable with that but you know just uh what was different overall with from casting with with ham tornado and now with jaws well, I just straight up changed my discipline. <laughs> I, uh, I used to be a play-by-play -play caster. Mm -hmm. I was more of a, uh, a talk-fast, wax-lyrical hype man. And Jaws was far better at play-by-play. Uh, -play. So when we auditioned, it just like I was super deep into Overwatch, and I basically knew a lot of the history of the players. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty well learned about the game. So like, okay, I'll, I'll give color casting a try. And uh, that ended up being what I would stick with professionally with Jaws. I do miss doing play-by-play -play sometimes. And sometimes you do hear me get in a roar here and there. Sure. Just do a, for, for all time's sake. And bring the hype <laughs> up. But casting with Jaws is just like, it's not even the same thing. Because mm. it's just such a different discipline. Sure. Compared to when I cast it with Evie. Because Evie stuck with color casting. Because obviously mm. she was a color caster for me and now is color caster for Boop. So I entirely changed disciplines. And I, I often go back and listen to the first cast I did with Jaws, which was British Arcane versus Singularity. For those of you who want to seek that up on YouTube. And it was shit. I had no idea what I was doing. I was, uh, I was basically just narrating what happened mm. again rather than offering any insight. Because I, I knew why it happened, but I didn't really know how to color cast that well. Mm. And uh, it took a it took a real amount of grinding through season one to really sort of nail not only how I wanted to color cast, but how I wanted to cast with Jaws as well. Because mm. Jaws talks a lot. You've got to control Jaws. Jaws is a, a beast to be unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> and if you let him, he will just talk. He's like Uber. Mm. Just continue talking until Matt goes, hey! Come back. Time to slow it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to reset so that you can go back up to 100 and shop for crown. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, 
it was very different with that first cast it was a little rough right you you, you self-admitted like you weren't happy with it so how you know doing some self-reflection how did you go about improving that was it somebody that you studied was it more of just self-study you know how exactly did you improve as a color caster i studied my own vods a lot mm. and i came to respect that a caster is x parts entertainer and x parts educator mm. and i'm mixed around Okay. trying to figure out how many parts i wanted to be of each because obviously i was a play-by-play -play caster before i was like okay i'm just gonna be entertaining i'm gonna be uber two baby sure and uh <laughs> uber two wasn't a great color caster unfortunately mm. as talented as uber is uber two not so great you could find it a little so, bit rough to to you know wax those lyrics while you're trying oh, to yeah. explain the emp nature of something yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I went all in, basically, on mm -hmm. Educator for a while. So I was like, okay, so my brand is a color caster. I feel like I can very much lean on the fact that I was a high-rated player and that I've got a pretty deep understanding of the game, including, like, mechanical in intricacies. Mm. And I took upon myself what I quite narcissistically cool the mathematical approach to Overwatch. Because okay. one, one of the things I did as an MMO player is that I studied all the stats of Overwatch, like the DPS, the the like damage per bullet, the heal, healing per second, etc. Mm. And I would try and weave those in to my cast as much sure. as possible. Because in my mind, it was just like when I was writing for my degree. I needed to provide, provide a point. And then I had to provide evidence as well. Mm -hmm. And I thought that one of the most effective methods of not only giving evidence, but also being informative to an audience would be to cite statistics in the game. And season one and two, I lent very heavily on that. And I believe around season two, just as we were like going in towards the World Cup, sure. I, uh, I changed my style up a little bit more. I added a bit more of the entertainer kind of vibe mm. because... Uh, Jaws and I really like the feeling of when I sort of broke from the educator mold and got hype behind him when big plays happened. Because mm. uh, I've got to give credit to someone on Reddit. I don't know who they were, but it sort of shaped the entire Webby cast, just describing the way of watching a match with Jaws and I cast as like enjoying a game of Overwatch like on the couch with your mates. Mm. So I ended up trying to play into that a little bit, just like trying to make it so it was more like of a, a cozy conversation for the yeah. audience to like slip into. Like they were a big part of this experience. Like Jaws and I were either side of them and we were watching Overwatch on the TV. Mm -hmm. So I added a bit more sort of like entertainment in like jokes here and there and we and Jaws and I would riff off each other a bit more. And that's sort of like where we've settled at the moment. Like occasionally I'll go more towards educational if it's a more high stakes matchup. And sometimes we'll go more lighthearted mm -hmm. and funny if it's sort of low stakes or it's an absolute stomping, trying to keep the audience sort of like invested on some level. Okay. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been experimental. It's been variant <laughs> and I feel like we've found ourselves a good place now. Where would you say would you say that like that kind of shift during World Cup was when you found yourself uh, the most comfortable? Pardon? What like you talk about how you shifted, um, and you tried to add in a little bit more of the entertainment. Oh, 
you know, uh, trying to, you know, again, you went through that reset and now you're trying to, you know, get back a little bit of that, that funny vibe. When did you feel the most comfortable? Was it during that kind of shift? Uh, I think now I feel okay. most comfortable. Like the the real boon of like adding in the funny stuff is that George and I just know each other better. And sure. the more you know someone, obviously, the better you can play on their humor. You know what kind of jokes are really going to entertain them. Mm-hmm. Like for Jaws, he's a meme lord. He loves memes. I'll slip him on here and there, catch him by surprise. He'll laugh out loud. I'll laugh out loud. The audience feels a positive energy. And it's right. like, hey, that was funny. And now we carry on with the cast. Mm-hmm. And like learning your co-caster is so important if you want to put on a less rigid and robotic product. Mm. Because once you know your co-caster and you can show that synergy just on the fly and off the cuff, that's when the audience really starts to feel involved with they have a third person in the conversation. Very interesting. I, you know, I, I almost want to... I wouldn't accredit because it's not my not my tale, not my story. But do you think that, you know, again, going back to that leadership aspect of, you know, go playing with a team and, you know, just hitting the ground running with that, do you think that's given you a skill set that's helped you improve at almost anything? You know, you've learned how to learn going back to, you know, how successful you were with, you know, Star Wars, the old Republic and, and, you know, doing fairly well with your open division team. Um, do you think that that's been very indicative of how successful and how quickly you've found the success that you have in casting is, is all those learning experiences? Uh, yeah, I, I'd say that it definitely contributes along with being quite academic. So. Mm. Speaking uh, well, of, well, I, what, did yeah. you, what did you study in school? You mentioned university. Uh, yeah. In school for A-level, uh, in college for A-levels, I studied psychology, English literature, English language, music technology, digital music production, ancient history, and biology. Hmm, okay. And at university, this was just after uh, I sort of like got the agoraphobic sort of depression mm. sort of stage of my life because of my trouble with my parents. Sure. I ended up going to university remotely from home mm. and I did an honors degree in English language and literature. Oh, cool. Awesome. With a minor in psychology. I keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> it's also useful. It was, only, it was only a year of my life. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, the, the methods that I applied there to like hone my own creative writing and stuff and mm. to critique other linguistic uses definitely did help me in being able to critique the way I cast because like I'm so used to critiquing any sort of like speech or any oration so that was quite useful for me and obviously like vault reviewing with my team previously for open division games you like learning to improve is uh highly underrated yeah like people say oh I need to improve but have you learned how to improve yet Mm. like that it's it's it goes to that argument of like is it better to get a lot of practice or less but good practice quantity versus quality type of yeah you know uh approaching approaching this you know zen mountain we have you know grandmaster monk leg day who (laughs) teaches us how to wax on wax off you know that type of stuff how do or how would you suggest somebody learn how to improve how, how would you teach someone how to learn uh i guess self-reflection is probably mm-hmm. the first thing and you've got to enter self-reflection without an ego mm. and i think one of the best ways to do that would be to 
take someone whose opinion you respect and trust and watch a VOD with them and have them write down silently what they think of particular points while you all write physically what mm -hmm. you think. And then you can compare the two. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that you will be right or they will be wrong, but it will give you an indication of where potentially your ego or your own judgment will have told you that what you've said is the right thing or what you've said is the most appropriate thing. Mm -hmm. And where it may well not be because that is what you in your uh what you and your knowledge believe and that that's fine like obviously when you're casting you always say what you think is right you're never gonna make a misinformed statement unless it's like part of a joke mm -hmm. but it can help you to find out where you are sort of like giving yourself the benefit of a doubt where you don't need to mm -hmm. or where you're giving yourself the benefit of a doubt to a unproductive sort of scale sure so i think like you can use the resource of having another person whose opinion you respect as like a check on the ego to begin with. Hmm. Do you think that sometimes people not hide behind, but do you think people over overutilize the, the watch alongs with somebody that, that is, you know, uh, you know, Somebody more uh, equipped with more esteem, you know, somebody that has more more clout about them that, that is a little bit more successful than you. Um, do you think that people hide behind that a little bit more than they should and don't do enough self-reflection, do you think? Yeah, I think that can definitely be an issue. And uh, I probably should have given a disclaimer before I said about, like, watching along with someone else. Sure. That um, this shouldn't be your first port of call. Mm. You should always be looking at your own work. And what you want to do is... You want to find the part of your work where you can't find anything wrong mm. or, or where you find the least things uh, being incorrect because that's the part where you aren't identifying problems. So that's the part where you need help identifying problems if there are any. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things you can do is if you want someone to help you with VOD review is you've got to show that you are as willing to invest time in yourself as you want them to be willing to invest time in you. Mm -hmm. And I'd say the best way to do that, particularly for casting, is if you are submitting a VOD for review to someone you respect, say, let's just say I'm submitting a VOD to Uber because mm -hmm. I would like him to give me some tips on my color casting. Uh, I review the whole VOD myself. I pick 15 minutes maybe, maybe 10 where I think I've done a really good job or where I can't find many problems. I will then go through it with a fine tooth comb. I will find whatever problems I can mm -hmm. and I will write those up in a document with timestamps. I'll then find a way to cut down the VOD so that only the 10 minutes that I want relevant are a video, whether it's unless on YouTube or whatever, uh, and then submit both my notes uh, the request for a VOD review and the 10 minutes that I'd like to go through as well as ask him if there's a particular time that he'd like to review it with me so that like, we're both on call at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then, then you put minimum uh, investment uh, or rather minimum time investment on the other person's part that is not valuable to the endeavor. Mm -hmm. Because like you, you don't want to add barriers to someone helping you. 
True. And you don't want to appeal to someone to help you when it looks like you haven't done any work yourself yet. You've got to be invested in helping yourself if someone else is going to be invested in helping you. So I think you definitely need to have shown that you've done a lot of groundwork rather than just like, hey, I did a cast. Here's a VOD. Could you review it for me? Yeah. Comes across like, as... Why the fuck am I going to use my time on you? Because technically you're my competition. Yes. <laughs> and obviously we're all friends yeah it's not it's not like that competitive aspect's yeah. actually a thing sure but at the end of the day it is actually true mm -hmm. <laughs> technically so speaking it, you know it, you're yeah. helping out the next generation be just yeah. taking your job and if you're not showing that investment of time in your own improvement why should anyone else care for sure definitely and, and you touch on a a really kind of scary topic because this is something that again you know you need to be nitpicky with yourself. You have to have that artist mentality, whatever you do, whether it be, you know, whatever you want to pursue as a career to be good at it, you have to kind of fine tooth run everything you do through that fine tooth comb and find all of the little problems. And then when you start to not find problems, that becomes really scary. Is that something that you kind of, uh, dream you know have nightmares about sometimes is not being able to find those problems and, and being out of like things to worry about yes stagnation is terrifying and one of the things that's also terrifying is like stagnation of self-improvement because mm. like if my cast themselves are stagnating like over just like the course of maybe two weeks i feel like okay i can at least find where i'm trying where i'm going wrong and sure i can try and iterate upon that like it's just a blip it's a small bit of stagnation but i can improve this but if you get to that stagnating point and you're like what more can i do that's terrifying you're like then then you're pissing in the wind yes <laughs> trying to trying to improve and you don't know what to do you might do something stupid you mm -hmm. might go over uh, I say stupid, but you might do something that like doesn't work out. You might go overly jokey. You might just go entire fucking stat robot and try and make something work. Mm -hmm. Like, and that that's when I that's when I would say that you have to deploy that tactic that I talked about before, which sure. sort of like it checks for ego. Mm. It, 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 a lot of people don't even have egos, and that's not really the issue, but it can very much open your eyes to problems you didn't see before because mm -hmm. a, a lot of people it's, unfortunately it's just like a thing with a lot of gamers like me is that you can <laughs> we we aren't exactly the most self-confident sure division, of course. Yeah, yeah. division of society so often we're like okay it's all shit so it's <laughs> 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 like no ego to play with but mm -hmm. it can still help you be a lot more productive with the way that you are studying your own material Definitely, definitely. It's uh, it it is difficult, you know. While we have different crafts, right? I I, I so align myself well, with what you're fair, saying. I'd like to think I got you involved in broadcast analyzing. Definitely, something. definitely. Uh, 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 an avenue you were, in. You were my first recommendation. Oh, thank you. She was like, "Hey, we, we want to do analysis." I'm like, "Yeah, fucking follow me." <laughs> well, you know, again kudos and, and and many thanks um, and, and knowing that now it, it makes you know casting what was it uh no blot or 420 blase it i remember getting that mid mid hosting <laughs> I, I stepped into the hosting role and it was it was yeah man follow now broadcast chameleon yeah I, I try to i try to do it all right uh, it was fun. It was it was really interesting, and and being on the opposite side of the spectrum instead of just watching and writing. Now I was you know, 
driving points and trying to get get ham to answer yeah, a question she really didn't want to answer <laughs> which yes, again like, was a i'm no-no. pushing the narrative now like the audience doesn't have you you've already clicked on the twitch stream you don't need to click on my article yeah there you go i'm just gonna ram these story points <laughs> down your throat it was something it was it was definitely an experience and uh you know if you know if it wasn't for you then maybe that doesn't happen and maybe you know i'm, I'm sure they would have noticed you anyway ah, i don't know about it's, it's not that. it's not like you're a low profile analyst <laughs> we'll see we'll see but I wanted to round out the interview talking about these two different regions and talking about some of the, you know, not, not a, not a lightning round, but talking about some, some, some of the teams that have caught your eye. Um, but first we have to talk about how, you know, we kind of briefly touched on the schedule and, and EU and Korea and just, just being a, a borderline workaholic, but how, how different would you say the two regions are? Do you, do you see that there is a delineation of metagames? Is there, you know, a role that you've been interested in, like the Reinhardt um, shield management or the amount of charges that Korea seems to like to use, the, the tempo transcendences, you know? Is there, is there a, 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 a difference in style there that you've kind of uh, picked up on? Biggest difference is probably just that Korea really want to make Sombra work. Mm, okay. <laughs> whereas uh the eu like it's sort of become a meme yeah. right now amongst like overwatch communities like oh we're the best of goats forehead <laughs> so, <laughs> and like sometimes we're kind of keen to not really go off goats and if we do go off goats we just we get the fuck out yeah we're going like we're going quad dps we're getting double snipers out in here whereas korea seems to be a lot more like okay we're just going to take it slow we're going to take the core of what we've worked on mm-hmm. we've worked very hard on this synergy so we're going to take that and we're just going to slide in little bits of like isomerization mm-hmm. here and there we're just going to like bring in the sombra or like maybe they'll try something else they'll like have an anna in there instead so i, I think that uh it's a lot less keen on the wholesale swaps, but okay. there are, of course, here and there, like the exception teams will just bring out whatever the fuck they want <laughs> and just like try and throw it at the opponents. Like when it comes to Reinhardt's, I haven't really noticed a huge difference. I think everyone's sort of like gotten into the groove of like the ebb and flow of okay. three, three right now, and they know how important their survival is, mm. especially when basically your job right now is get charges on gravitons and keep your Zyra alive. Mm-hmm. Who would you say, you know, I want to kind of go through some of the best and the worst of, of both regions. So in EU and in Korea, who would you give the nod to as some of the best teams, if not the best teams, if you can, you know, pick pick one that is leading the pack, you would say? Hmm. Uh, obviously, like, Runaway is always a favorite when it comes to leading the pack. But sure. I think what's really captured my heart this time around has been Genji. Mm. Just how much they've turned shit around. After, you like, know... After last yeah, season, like, it was kind of rough. After a couple of seasons of just being just like dead in the water, mm. and also it's it's such a such a good tale of resurgence as well for some of these players. Definitely. Like, even the coaching staff. Wakid's like 0.5 flutters <laughs> for people who like are familiar with Soul Dynasty. Sure. But he's turned into, like, this monster DPS in his own right. Who y'all as well? Like, I'm a Spitfire fan, so I love to see our guys land somewhere where they're comfy. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he was with XL2 for a while, and they were second fiddle to Fusion University. Mm-hmm. But 
Gen G is really getting some stuff done. He's played Diva, of course, a lot. That is his signature hero. But he's also getting a chance to swap off onto Sombra as well. And the uh, Zaya, he's making himself into a real little fury. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so those guys are like super impressive. Mm. I'm really happy that they're doing well. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting to, you know, I, I'll, I'll keep up with at least the scores and, and Gen G kind of is taking the place of where I assume uh, GC Busan was going to take after, you know, season after season, they seemed to be consistent and Gen G was kind of middling. They, they could have had a really cool roster reportedly and, you know, acted a little too late. And then a lot of those players went to run away. <laughs> um, and now they have this former StarCraft two kind of legend and MMA coming in. And it really is a tale of resurgence. You know, these players, you know, while they weren't cut for the academy teams, they find their way back home to Seoul. And now they're playing on Seoul's academy and things are starting to gel, which is really kind of heartwarming. Especially, you know, you look at the ups and downs that Wu Yal's had, for instance, you know, going from the highs of, you know, near dynasty GC Busan, going on the Royal Road, being such a a strong pre-micro missiles diva and then that patch hits and he just plummets seeing him yeah. build you know take the steps to build himself back up that's 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 really nice to hear because he was he was a talent that we kind of and, lost there for a second and there's that like implication of pride as well mm. like a lot of people represent an area some sure. people represent an area that they're close to but for koreans like representing seoul where like 50% of your population lives, you have family there or you live there generally. Mm -hmm. Like to be able to represent them, I feel was like a real big power mm. for any Korean player just to feel that kind of pride in what you're doing. And like when you when you are proud of what you're doing, that gives you such great like job satisfaction. And like that's so important so i'm super glad that they are flourishing because the it's a it's a double-edged sword again because if you're representing somewhere that's so close to your heart and you do poorly mm. that that's gotta be. that's gotta really weigh on you terribly like hey i came to represent soul in esports you know like it's, it's the mecca of esports it's the greatest place in the world in some cases like for starcraft mm -hmm. and for league of legends as far as i'm aware <laughs> And like, if if you're not doing very well, if you're like finishing in very disappointing positions, if you don't even make playoffs of season one, you're like, are we representing Seoul that well? Mm -hmm. It's, it's got to really do a number on you as a as a player and as a person. Most definitely, like I can't imagine. You know that that's not just your team weighing on you, but that's the the personal implications of an entire nation. And a region Wait, behind you. Yeah, that's that's that. I can't imagine what those players go through. You know, even on the main roster in the Overwatch League, they get some hate when they even when they perform well. They're they're held to a high standard by those Korean fans because those are the representatives. Those are who the people. Those are the best of the best that we've put forward. And sometimes yeah, they don't. But... You know, they've been doing well now. You know, so so far so good. You know, taking some close games against Gladiators, but. Um, yeah, they, they get berated, and I can only imagine it's nearly the same with, with their academy team in Gen G. Um, yeah, like, uh, a lot of people get berated for poor performances. Of course. It's just got, it's just got to hurt so much more when, like, you feel like 
Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone's braided me for a performance. Like they said that I did a shit sound barrier, but like they some nobody from Swindon. So mm. what do I care? <laughs> or is like if you're out there representing Soul, I and mean, then you've got like a whole uh, inven board just the, grilling. Yeah, like all the inven board just like these guys are representing us, and they're fucking up, and they're fucking up hard. Yeah, like it's gonna get in your head, and it's not gonna help you out. No, completely the opposite, more so than maybe what people expect. Um, in that same kind of uh, asterisk, who would you say in, in both of those regions would you say has been the most improved? Is it Gen G for Korea? Maybe, maybe Hurricane uh, for uh, I'd say Gen G's most improved. Okay. Hurricane, I'm not sure if they're most improved. Okay, they're very they're very good. They're incredibly impressive. Mm. Maybe maybe they a are- final like. Uh, dodging of some of these you know big name teams and playoffs might see them make that that deep run that i think we all know they can make i i think when i when i go all the way through it mm. probably is hurricane who are the most improved mm. i was thinking about other rosters but other rosters haven't really been as stable as hurricane is sure so there's there's definitely a bench for hurricane to have improved from mm-hmm. whereas for other teams it's, it's a little bit of a clusterfuck here and there but sure. of course a lot of people got picked up for overwatch league mm. so They've uh, had to very much mix up what they're doing. So yeah, I'd, I'd say the British Hurricane are currently the most improved, especially Numlocked. Numlocked's just yeah. been on a tear, dude. N- Numlocked has this wonderful redemption story. Mm-hmm. I'm I like it's been. I think it's been slowly creeping into the the uh, kind of community mindset. But you still get people like I, I'd rather have Numlocked play over Swan, like as if he's like some sort of bad player right now. I don't know if you've noticed, but British Hurricane are undefeated, and they look damn good. Last season, they still could have made a deep run. Playoff brackets were different. You know, you you eat your Wheaties, you put a banana in there, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. They could make a deep run. So this whole Numlocked meme, I think it's gotta go. Yeah, definitely. Big Brain Barton's got to be the new meme, and not in any sarcastic sense. No, no sarcasm. <laughs> he, he's getting super good, and I feel like he's definitely like a big force right now. Like, it's been a pleasure to watch. UK is doing a really good job of uh, of exporting main tanks, mm. and uh, I say you know hyperbole when one of the best. Uh, praises I can give for Unlocked right now mm. is if World Cup happens again. Fusions is not guaranteed to take that main tank. Yeah, yeah. Things could are, things are going to be very different. You know, Christopher's moved on. I think he was probably in the shout back then. Um, I think he mm-hmm. was on that team, and then Fusions moved into the yeah, starting he, he, role. He was there for Paris. Yes, and then once we qualified, we had Fusions come in. Mm. Oh, again, like not not bad main tank main tanks by any means, especially looking at Fusion. You know, reportedly possibly could have gone to Valiant. You know, people are are taking notice on how vocal he is and the intangibles that he brings and a, a skill level that competes at the top level. Numlocked brings a little bit of that ish, you know. Can banter with you on, on stream. Brings a little bit of personality to your team and shines a light on him. Not only Speaking that... Which, Numlocked's got to stop swearing at these contenders. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did hear a story, you know, from behind the scenes that uh, immediately after that infamous <laughs> interview, the, there was a... Uh, a, a message posted in a Slack that was like, hey guys, remember that uh, no, no, can't be doing that. And <laughs> if, this. You, if you could stop that, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad Fusions didn't get traded because as an EU caster, like, it's kind of like some 
nice fan fiction. But we okay. finally see uh, RCK with fusions, yes. considering those were the, sort of like the two best teams for a long time mm-hmm. in EU. Just like a meshing of those, very, very nice, very good for our sort of like our circle joke narrative. <laughs> <laughs> EU over NA, yeah, yeah. What you know? Uh, brief thoughts on that that RCK note trade. I think a lot of people are very familiar with note and i don't think rck has really um had a chance to show what he's got Uh, a lot of people are kind of writing him off like talking about his bomb placements which i've been admittedly talking about but there again i still think he has like some very uh, poco-esque study of how bombs interact and where and how the physics work um but Yeah. yeah just kind of your take on rck do you think the trade was you know where do you think it was a good trade do you think it was a bad trade how how much does this improve boston if any I think Huck's making bank for Daddy Crow. You think you, you think he's fleeced uh, fleeced another team? Oh yeah, like <laughs> notes by no means like getting of more, course like, of course value than he's worth. Notes fantastic, mm. but RCK is heavy undervalued, and he's heavy undervalued because of like the DPS probably brings as well. Mm. He's got a fantastic sombra. He's got a really good Farah as well. Like it's such a deep hero pool that you can play with, and he's going to have really good communication with fusions because mm. they, they know each other's play styles. Not for playing together, from kicking each other's ass yeah. season after season. <laughs> they, they've been going at it for a long time. And I imagine we've been ringing for each other at some point. Some point. I think RCK, definitely going to be one of those big developmental talents that uh, Boston's going to have picked up. Mm. Nope, probably a good pickup for Dallas Field. We don't know yet. We'll have to we'll see, have to see uh, when they play. Do they play today, maybe? The recording on what, Friday evening? uh i think it's friday uh no today's saturday uh, today is I'm not saturday gonna lie. I have it no is sunday idea. for you sir <laughs> well, well when i'm here in kiev i just can entirely forget what the days are when i'm not doing contenders <laughs> the esports lifestyle man it's it uh, it'll it'll butcher your sleep schedule which if impacts it'll where you think calendar. you are yes yesterday it was like i had, I had a you know tangent i had an article due somebody wanted you know something by friday and i'm like all right, it's Saturday. You know, I, I got to get my interview with leg day later today. You know, it's eight in the morning. I should be getting to sleep. All right. Um, I still need to write that piece. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> like you just completely lose track of where you are in the week. And it's, uh, it can be a blessing and a curse sometimes. It's it's great that I can just wake up and watch Overwatch. And then, you know. Yeah, it, I guess it's sort of like uh, indicative of like not having the regular nine to five. Yes. But like, it's like, oh, you, you can sort of like track the day, but like how long it is till Friday or uh-huh. how long do I have to go back to work on Monday? <laughs> That's the, it, it is nice to say like, oh, I can work whenever I want. How sexy is that sound? But you can't lean on that for very long because it's like, yeah. okay, well, if you can work whenever you want, when are you working? <laughs> so you, 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 yeah. while you don't I, have I a strict schedule. I, I hyper prefer it to what I was doing before casting when mm. I needed money. I, I was cleaning toilets at Dyson, the guys who make the vacuums. Homie, I'm they're, they're, less uh, gross, but right there with you. Their HQ is uh, not too far from where I live at home with my ah, parents. Okay. So but when I needed a quick job, that was that was the quick fix for me. Hey, you know. <laughs> Me and DeFriend were kindred spirits. I spent some some uh, I spent some time in the service at uh, the old Mickey D's. So uh, Desert Desert you as well. He was a burger. Oh really? Flipper. Okay, hey. Yeah. I I mean, he's, hey, he's I graduated quickly. I graduated quickly. I was put on the cash register and I killed that 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 ish. They wanted me as a manager. I'm like, nah, dog, not for me. I don't want that responsibility. You can't put that shit on me. Don't put the don't put about, that mess I on me. That life. No, <laughs> I, I left that life years ago. 
I don't want to join for McDowell High Five. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I'm, I align myself again, less, less gross in some aspects, but I, I know what you mean. I, I don't, I don't trade this for the world. You know, we're, we're still trying to make it work. So I, I oh, definitely yeah. understand. It's definitely the dream. It is, uh, it is the dream, and. You know, as as we kind of close out, um, do you have any kind of predictions for the showdown? Are you excited for the gauntlet? You know, just you know, where are you in life right now? And you know, how how is leg day? You know, we, we uh, a wise man once said not to ask people that at the beginning. So I'm asking you at the end, so not to get slapped. <laughs> Praise be to Monte Cristo. Um, <laughs> what what how how, how are things? Things are things are intense. Huh? Like. I never anticipated how much work doing two regions would be. Sure. Because, like, I've got to stay on top of it all. And also, like, I'm addicted to social media. So I'm like, <laughs> hey, I want to live tweet all these hour games. Sure. Like, I'm, I'm two hours ahead of GMT. So we start at two in the morning. I guess I'm just going to go to sleep at 9 a.m. now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a bit of a mess, but it's freaking awesome. Like, at the moment, I am just living Overwatch esports mm-hmm. as like so little time for anything else in my life. I feel so sorry for my girlfriend. Sorry, GA. <laughs> uh, we, we do what we can. It's and, nice uh, that. Or uh, uh, let me ask you this then: do you, do you find it a blessing for the relationship that you guys are kind of in the same career field to a degree? You kind oh, of yeah, are understanding. Sure. Yeah, like. And it's super nice for both of us to be able to understand mm. the intricacies or like the, the demands of our respective careers. They say that people in show business only ever date other people in show business because they're the only people who really understand mm. what you're doing. And Gio has been a real trooper about me being out here for two months, which obviously isn't ideal for us. And mm. I, I went back there for a week, which was probably one of the best like four day stints of my life. Just to <laughs> be back there Unwind. for a while. D, D Overwatch. It's important. It's <laughs> almost as important as working hard, you know. Well, that, Just... that, that said, while, while we were there, I couldn't D Overwatch at all because it was also the stage one final. Ah, oh, beautiful. So it was gotta keep going <laughs> vacation right stop. guys yeah big vacation <laughs> yeah th- th- things are like hyper good for me right now good like, good life is uh shows no signs of slowing down currently <laughs> All, only up from here huh hopefully unless a third region is that, on, stupid. is that on the horizon are we are we picking up uh pacific by chance given uh pixie and pixie and the crew yeah. run for their money I I don't want to uh, I don't want to compete with Pixie and Avril. Too <laughs> Fair no, this isn't going to be an indication on how I think China's casters are now ah. because I, just, I don't want to compete with them. But I'd I'd love to do a game of China. I think Ooh. Guangzhou Academy is one of the most interesting teams I've ever seen on paper. That's a I, I've caught I'd love to cast one of their games. I will say I've caught a couple of their vods. You know, on paper I was you know excited to see them play and. When I'm seeing their play now, I'm not so excited. You know, it's been a little bit, <laughs> is, little bit messy, a little bit messy, a uh, little bit disjointed. How's Billy Billy? Uh, that's one of the teams I'm actually excited to actually get to dive into. I've seen a little bit of Lingon. I'm fairly familiar with some of their players. Uh, they seem to be doing very well. Billy Billy, you know, on the standings look well, but I don't know exactly what their style is, where they're good. I haven't, you know, like those are, that's, that's the, the deep, the deep dive on the VODs needs to happen soon. And, uh, maybe it'll happen 
in this off. Yeah, just gonna just gonna break. delve deeper into that. Yeah, something like that. Hey, 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 right at the, the bottom. <laughs> As we kind of round out the old interview, um, I'd like to give the little soapbox that I have to the guest and uh, anything you want to say, shout outs plugs you know the the twitter is below you so if you are interested in you know i'd say high quality shit posting definitely give uh give yeah, like day's that, twitter that, a look that, that's some that's some turd with sprinkles on it shit <laughs> yeah and, you got and some also gems, my, i'd say my, my uh my number of social media followers directly correlates to my self-worth as an individual so be sure to uh <laughs> be sure to follow me there he wants to see that number grow you know it's like that karma yeah. on reddit you know it's just nice to see the number increase I'm going to get called a fucking chill, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, probably aren't going to watch this anyway, but thank you to Blizzard for taking one hell of a fucking chance on some nobody who pirated a tournament. <laughs> and, uh, I like that gumption, you know, in a, in a role they'd never done before. I'd like to think it has vaguely paid off. <laughs> I think so. I think you've kind of quickly become a voice of the tier two community as yeah. much as anybody has been. You know, you you're now competing with the same casters that you kind of grew up in Overwatch listening to. So I think that uh, only speaks to how good you are and how good yeah, you and your duo is. Thanks to my girlfriend Jia for uh, putting up with the trials of a life of being with a caster who's away for two months at a time. It's uh, it's not easy, but we get through it, mm. and I'm eternally grateful for that. <laughs> Anything else? Nobody, nobody else. I definitely like to say thank you to Sam, even though she's not on Overwatch contenders anymore. Mm. Like, well, when I got to when I got to season one of Contenders, Sam was my roommate, mm. and we have a three upstairs. We all knew each other. They'd all done stuff like Manol before in the UK, and mm. I didn't know who anyone was. I'd never been to a studio before. I'd never gone this. I'd never traveled alone before. Sure. Uh, I'd never been paid for an esports job. Mm. No one had ever wanted me to do one. I always just sort of like thrust them upon myself. And uh, Sam was an awesome big sister, a, a really good friend to me, and at times when it was required a really good mentor as well cool. so thank you sam for your guidance tech girl you'll remember her from last season the big sister of uh, i never had and Aww. continue to want <laughs> <laughs> do you guys still kind of keep in touch every every now and again yeah she she's uh she's incredibly busy which i'm very jealous of as well she's been to uh, tokyo to do pokemon Ooh. stuff and netflix stuff wow. she's done stuff with nintendo and splatoon and uh, hopefully she's coming to the UK at some point so that we can go and get coffee or something. It'd be really nice. Very cool. Good for her. She was one of the the people that it was uh, sad to see the budget cuts kind of seem to hit. You know, when when no restructuring comment. of contenders happened, it was it was sad to see her go because she was she was good. She was, and she continues to be. Hopefully, there'll be some space for her in Overwatch. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm hoping hoping there'll be some sort of third party thing which she can get involved in in the winter because be i don't nice. know anything there, there's no leaks here because it's just wild speculation there's got to be something happening between october and march right <laughs> I'd, I'd hope so something at least there's got to be something between gauntlet and open division mm -hmm. some, somebody's gonna need a job room. and we, we've got a couple names that i need to eat <laughs> <laughs> fair enough 
Fair enough. And again, you know, while this has been uh, a skimp, you know, this this the top of the surface, surface level of the history, you're you're more than welcome if you are interested to come on back and and you know delve even further. You know, gotta love that that product. <laughs> gonna grab some shovels. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you again for coming on and 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 sharing a little bit of your story and and having a chat and catching up. It's it's been it's been very very nice. Um, definitely follow Leg Day. Uh, wait, let me go over here. It's below. It's below his face. Go go and follow him and, and check out all of his content. And uh, you know, you, you kicking up that YouTube anytime soon? Uh, I I'm gonna do something on YouTube when uh, when Got I can time. actually record stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like right now I'm so low on time. And obviously I'm like roaming with people. So I don't want to be waking him up by doing for audio sure, recordings sure. and like blank sits there when he's awake. So like, I can't be like blank. I need you to be quiet for approximately two hours and not do anything <laughs> so I can record a video. Okay. Cheers. Thanks. <laughs> I definitely, definitely uh, can understand that, but uh, this is going to, going to wrap up here. You know, we've been beating your ears for long enough. We will soon have a have a an episode two of this i i want more questions answered so um if you if you'd indulge me yes that'd that'd be beautiful um and uh again thank you for coming on and thank you uh, the listeners for uh taking a taking a view and listening and and learning and all that good jazz and uh we'll see you in episode 17 of uh delve further thanks for thanks for watching